Think Fit, Be Fit, effective thinking for potent workouts. Think Fit, Be Fit is dedicated to creating a new conversation about your exercise. Our podcast helps to uncover how the fitness industry has misled us, and it will show you that if you believe in your ability to improve your body through exercise, you don't need to rely on diluted or shallow information. From there, you can then educate yourself about the thing you are trying to change, your body. Then by engaging in a process of self-mastery, you will discover the secrets of exercise. My name is Jen Schwartz. I'm the founder of Think Fit Be Fit podcast. As a full-time muscle activation technique specialist, strength and conditioning coach, and detail-oriented personal trainer, I developed this podcast to help ensure that your time in the gym is well spent and that you have the power of enhancing your exercise with effective thinking. This podcast is an educational resource designed for those who have overcome injury and want to stay healthy in the gym. This podcast uncovers the tools that I have used repeatedly to help my clients consistently exercise without pain. Today is definitely one of those secrets. We are revisiting active recovery with an inside view. How the professionals view active recovery. So in previous episodes, I was sharing secrets that I share directly with my clients to educate them and to encourage them to take partake in this practice of active recovery. So if you're at that level, take a look at the show notes and they will be in there. Today's episode is more about the nerds, about how we take these complicated and a multitude of variables into account to help our bodies. And the important thing to remember is the more you work out, the more time and energy you spend on your fitness or your uh, athletic game, the more fine-tuned, the more focused you need to be. And that's really the theme of this episode. The other theme of this episode is the self-healing like capability of the human body. So if you're into biohacking and you like bulletproof or things in that, uh, the paleo hacking world, this is definitely going to excite you because I have AJ back who daydreams and visualizes his own active recovery center. And, you know, so do I. So I'm building one right now in my studio and I'm excited to share with you guys what we talk about. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that for so, uh, what? Okay. I really wanted to ask these two big questions and then see where it takes us. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very motivated to talk about active recovery because it's pretty much one of the only blanket gold seal recommendations that I have for people is that they have to participate in this practice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it doesn't work if you don't do it. Yeah. And so many times people are asking for advice. It's, it's, they, they just want to hear something generic and easy to implement. And this is the closest thing I have for them also. And it is so important, obviously, as you train a lot of athletes and so do I. But of course, there's also the people that are injured and are in this like cycle of trying to exercise and they lose pace. They lose pretty much are wasting their time if they're not recovering from their exercise. So uh, what is your big motivator for continuing and maybe even implementing your active recovery routines? Okay. So I'm going to ask a couple like clarifying questions just so I understand. Mm -hmm. Like, do you mean active recovery between sets? Do you mean active recovery between workouts? And then are you, is that, is that where you're going with those? 
Yes. So I'm using it more as like an a before or after your game, after your match, after your workout, or even your physical therapy session that okay. you have some type okay. of practice to bring you back. Yeah. I, so I like, yes, uh, I think that's one, it's super vital. Um, two, I think people should have a couple. Um, and three, the, the cycling of the implementation is, uh, you know, it's important, but it's not as important as just doing one of them. Um, so, yeah, there's an ideal, like, let's say, or I'll give you kind of an example of mine, if that works. Mm -hmm. That works. Um, okay. So uh, I'll have, right now I'm in a different, like, training phase. Not, I mean, I just kind of, I'm laying off my, my joints in one way and adding stress in another. Um, so I've been hitting for a while and I'm going to lay off hitting for a little while and work on lifting um, just to gain a little bit of, you know, just structure back. Uh, and I found that um, I get a little immobile when I lift a lot. So uh, I start looking at um, coordination exercises uh, typically uh, and then deloading my frame. So I've been really liking pool work. Um, I'll do stuff in water right now, about once a week, I'm going to start transitioning it twice a week because I like how it makes my joints feel and the uh, range of motion that I can access during exercise uh, kind of like eliminate gravity, not even kind of like eliminate uh, one of the forces on the, on the frame, which is gravity to an extent with swimming. Uh, yeah. So you can really, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're using mm -hmm. the water to deload your frame so that you can access ranges that you might not have been able to access with the strength level of certain sets of tissue. Does that make sense? It does to me. I want to come back to the deloading right. frame thing, but keep going. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll do that. And then some of the other stuff is, let's say I don't have access to the pool, but I don't want to load my frame very heavy. Um, or I don't want to, you know, like beat myself up uh, cardiovascularly. I'll just do stuff that's fun. Um, I've been, I took up, I've taken up juggling probably in the last year. I really like doing it. Uh, it's very mentally relaxing. And one of my friends commented, he's like, it's like a treadmill for your brain or for your hands. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. So I get to work on something very rhythmic uh, and coordinated and I can increase the difficulty with changing the pattern. But if you're just doing this standard cascade, you know, you can just kind of hang out and then do other things while you're doing it. Um, and it takes your, your focus off of some of your tasks and allows you to relax into a movement. Uh, and I've also found that it doses me with dopamine. Um, in the sense that when I do it, I derive a deep sense of satisfaction from accomplishing like a little trick or getting that pattern that I want. And then, you know, you'll drop the balls, you'll pick them back up and you'll drop the balls, you'll pick them back up and then you'll get it and you reward yourself. And that reward is what a lot of athletes will chase during their, their training session. So you can create a, a more optimized pathway for yielding those results and kind of train yourself for focus and determination in a very lighthearted manner, but also satisfy the uh, kind of the physiological component of exercise, like getting your heart rate up a little bit, moving around a little bit, synchronizing motions and getting in touch with your body. Um, and I found that's a really fun uh, way to start to recover. And then I'll usually go do some movement exercises, like maybe some light lunges or some like, uh, forward backward movements with you know uh, bands or not even with bands just kind of moving around and seeing if I can find my balance and I'll find that pre-synchronizing allows me to access those balance centers with much more precision uh, afterwards. Interesting. Uh, I think the last one would be sorry sorry I'm a little motor mouth today um, but the last one would be cardio uh, and just getting up my heart rate up and then playing with um, you know lifting your heart rate and then spiking it and dropping it and spiking it and dropping it if you decide to do it that day or just a light nice long easy just to kind of normalize your whole body out. So those are my, those are my three right now. Yes. Okay. That's, I love it. Okay. I wrote down some cool. question, like some questions and maybe yeah, even an idea. So the three things I wanted to circle back on one was deloading the frame. I think that I, I, mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting concept obviously, but I think it would be a big advantage if people would think of their body in that way. So I would like to go into that. And then I wanted to hit back on accomplishment and reward. And is that like an upregulation or a downregulation? Like why do you think this is important for active recovery? I think that, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 
or if even which would you that, like to address first well the third thing <laughs> okay. is sorry. Uh, sorry. then you use the word normalize and uh -huh. i would like to yeah so one of those where do you think is a good place to start maybe normalize well normalize is really quick yeah uh so that's what i mean by that is you're running your system like you're driving your car on the highway mm -hmm. you get good clean miles it's not hard you're just kind of running it um you're circulating blood at a pretty large volume most of your tissue is going to get an increased diffusion of it uh and if you choose certain activities like for me biking uh some people really like rowing um that diffusion happens in a non-impact way so now you're not creating uh like shock reverberations throughout your your skeleton um but you are getting a lot of muscle pumping action uh and you are getting a lot of vasodilation uh subsequent circulation and increased oxygenation and you can circulate that for a prolonged period of time like 20 plus minutes uh and it tends to bring all of your fluids back to normal in all your areas does that make sense it does it made me think of what was non-impact for different types of athletes you know because yeah. uh that's where that's where my brain was going i was like oh what you know i imagine you always see soccer players on the air you know uh some type of air bike or um yeah. doing their active recovery i mean swimming is the obvious uh winner there i would think because you can do like all of these things <laughs> yep. yeah okay. i like water yeah um, okay, that was pretty dope, to be honest. It cool. was, uh, it's such a better way to have an intention for doing some type of cardio. A lot of people right. are either in the yes camp or the no camp. And I find myself in the no camp very often, but <laughs> just that that's my yeah, personal fair. preference, you know, and then working with people with a lot of previous injuries and if they don't need to do more cardio, I'm wondering, you know, what is the, what's the, how do we find the gray area between getting back from an injury, adding in cardio even as an active recovery modality, even light, and then actually using it to keep your power charge up and ready. Yeah. And right. Yeah. So yeah. that's where my head was going, but I think that's just a great uh, definition. Then what about the concept of deloading the frame? Is that an intentional okay. uh, difference from unloading? Or do you think uh, that's the same thing? Yeah, sort of. Okay. So I'm going to give you a paradigm uh, that I work with, like in my mind, as I work, as I train. Most of the time as I train, sometimes I forget, I kind of get into it, uh, and I just move and stuff. But most of the time, uh, when I'm focused in, especially when I'm working on someone, uh, the concept that runs into my mind is this whole, like, and I think I talked to you about it in class, but the, the uh, organic robot concept. Yes, I love this. So right if we're uh the frame the skeleton is the frame it's got a series of connected points uh that are encapsulated those are your joints um and then that is all moved around by a series of motors uh and then the motors are all tied into a wiring harness uh the wiring harness is tied into a uh, i i wanted to graphics processor but it's not apparent i was talking to someone a, a computer guy says a bios uh, an interface between the software and the hardware, and that's kind of the cerebellum and the brainstem. Ooh, um, and okay, then the higher, yes, yes, right. The interface, and then so between then the higher these functions. two, uh, between these two huge regulators. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then then your higher functions, like your your ability to bring forward and such, are like your your brain, your prefrontal cortex, and, and so forth. So, mm. it's like if you look at it in that concept. Um, and then you look at a car and a car has an engine. This is, you know, we're a little more complex than that. Um, but ultimately where a car has contact to the outside world, right? What do we use a car for? We travel. All right. So if we take this, this concept and I'm going philosophical here, but if we're an organic robot that's designed to house a soul as a perfect interface to this set of physics, right? That's my, I'm done with the metaphysics. So that's just kind of how I see it. It's interesting to me. 
But mm -hmm. if you look at a vessel designed to carry, well, what is a car? A car is a vessel designed to carry. The car has specifications, it can be modified, um, but generally speaking, like certain things are gonna be hard on the suspension, certain things will cause tires to blow out, certain things will cause engines to overheat, uh, so on and so forth, right? So if we hit really hard and jostle ourselves a ton, we tend to have suspension issues, like your joints hurt, your hips hurt, your knees hurt, your feet hurt. Um, if you, you, know, you crash into a wall uh, at high speed, you can damage the frame. Um, you can damage the, uh, the, the joints, the ball joints, the, the mm -hmm. um, you know, the, you, you get it. Mm -hmm. So now if we're looking at that and we have a system that can self-repair, mm -hmm. it's more likely to have a, an, a better opportunity to self-repair if we take some of the load off. If you have a truck whose suspension is going out, you don't put a ton of bricks in it and drive, drive it over a bumpy ass road. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So if we do the same thing to our bodies and we're like, well, we're hurt, so we better rehab or we better lift to be stronger. And then we grind ourselves, you know, load our suspension and grind ourselves into a bumpy road. And we wonder why shit breaks. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So if you take this concept uh, and you're saying, okay, well, if I have a self-repairing system and I give it an opportunity to take some of the weight or the load off, like, and just think about compressive forces and you have to repair with cells. So cells are living things. And if you take those living things and you crush them, they're going to be less likely to be able to, to survive and proliferate than if you don't crush them as much, right? Yeah. So you literally take, literally take weight and load off of the frame and you have a better opportunity for some of these cells to have a chance to start to output uh, some regrowth or some repair. Um, and you can dose it. Okay. I'm following. That's, I mean, that's the, yeah, yeah that's the concept. Yeah. And then how you do that is dependent. You know, there's a thousand gimmicks like the suspended banded exercise classes where you're on these big uh, uh, bands and you're jumping and landing. You're deloading deceleration and acceleration. Okay. Right? You're yeah. teaching your body in a way to handle it. And we just do that in water. You can. Absolutely. I mean, right. So what I'm hearing is that there is a benefit to this like oscillation and vibration effect of movement. Yes. Yes. Okay. Think about like signals. Okay. So if we're a giant computer and we have to run these motors, if I cut a wire, the wire doesn't work right. Um, so now if we have, let's say, uh, I'm going to go fancy on it, but like intervertebral foraminal occlusion, right? So the spaces okay. between the vertebrae are being crushed. Yes. Which now puts, right, and now puts pressure on the nerve. Well, if the nerve is deformed and can't conduct signal, all the things downstream now are no longer able to get signal and they are weak. Mm -hmm. So if we can decompress the actual hole that the nerve runs through, mm -hmm. you have a chance to send signal and the signal will reinforce the structure around it to propagate further signal. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's really just all about um, getting, like getting the resources into the right place right? Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. So yes. if the body's not doing, it, it doesn't, if it doesn't have to do overtime, it's not going to do it. I mean, unless we're talking exactly. about, yeah, we're not talking about like what an autoimmune condition ends up being, but we're talking about getting the body to auto heal and yes. regenerate and get things moving just faster because yeah. regardless of or period. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Regardless of, um, the physical stresses and loads, like your body still wants to heal, you know, like it's going to put yep. some effort into that over, I would think a lot of things. Yep. Yeah. So I found a, Oh, I found this neuroscience paper. Oh gosh, I brought it up with a recent podcast. I'm pulling this up. It was so awesome. Yeah, there it is. No, it had uh, has to do with neuroimmunity and that if your body is putting resources into basic functions that like the immune system and the nervous system that the coordination between different brain areas isn't as like abundant or strong so that you're less coordinated mm -hmm. when you're 
nervous system and your immune system are being busybodies on something else. And seeing that in writing was pretty exciting because I sense it all the time as an MAT. Yeah. I I feel it. I feel, I feel when people's bodies become more efficient and I see it right after our session and I like to do a lot of functional uh, assessments with folks. And, you know, even if it's something as simple as like bend your knee 10 times in this direction, what does that feel like? Okay. Number seven, you get something sharp. Number eight is completely uh, disorganized. You know, the knee is not going in the intended direction. And I think that's the the outcome acute, you know, that that's what would happen immediately. But if you're walking around like that, constantly going from workout to workout under recovered, you're walking around with less resources and using, doing everything with less resources. Yeah. Anyways, if that's not motivation. I mean, it's dead on, dude. It's dead on. (laughs) Yeah. I hope, I mean, I just hope that this, is a builder for some people, you know, um, Mm -hmm. learning about how automated and how, what is it, reactive and responsive the immune system is and nervous system has been one of my greatest gifts and finds in my entire life. And I just hope that uh, when people hear something like us talking about this stuff that it doesn't seem too big or seem too out of touch because it's, it's really not like, that's why I'm such a hound about this topic because I think it's a way that people can learn that this is a possibility even. I mean, it's a reality and we just have to realize that it's a reality and we can manipulate it. Ooh, yes, we can. Um, and, but also like, Oh, no, that was me taking a left turn into spiritual lane. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go back on the road now. Um, Okay, this, the next one was accomplishment and reward with the juggling, with the juggling. Um, So is is that an intentional benefit towards your body recovering faster? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. So. The juggling is my way of doing it. Yeah. Some people have other ways. Uh, I see it a lot in like martial arts. So like a great example would be Kali, right? Uh, the Filipino like stick fighting. There are patterns that are seem to be the most efficient attack patterns. I haven't done it enough to really break it down, but I've had is some it exposure like to it. Sticks? What do you mean? Patterns? Uh, so there are attack sequences. This? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Uh, K-A-L-I. Uh, it's also like there's a variant uh, like Eskrima and uh, I think Arnis um, and they're like yeah again variants of a basic fighting system which is two sticks slash two mm-hmm. blades like ultimately it should be two blades it could be um, but sticks are readily available and just as deadly when used right um, but there again there are variants uh, where you have like stylistic variants but they all have the same basic set of attacks basic set of uh, defenses because you know, like martial arts is kind of cool that way. No matter how you look at it, um, the physics will dictate the generally appropriate response. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a solution. The way you come about that solution can be of many different ways, but there's only really for each situation, there's an optimal type of solution. And then your body fits in and the stylistic differences fit that in. But, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, tangent. Um, but if mm-hmm. you're looking at something that gives you, uh, again, like a kind of dopamine reward, off of moving and physical accomplishment and oftentimes it's that like the most efficient pathway ends up being the thing that you figure out and that's the reward you're looking for every single person i guarantee you knows what that feels like in anything they do the moment you've done a task and suddenly it becomes automated and you notice that you can control that task at will more quickly mm-hmm. that's the moment you start to own emotion and this is like where physical mastery of things takes work and time and effort yeah to well, like in, um, in right? my, my thing is, you know, golf and okay. there is a certain sound that happens when you actually do something correct. So yeah, <laughs> that's my dopamine shot. And I mean, it's so addicting. Uh, it addictive. feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. So it's I do best. that and I juggle. Yeah. 
and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll juggle and move around, but everyone has it. And so what you do is you find one. And the nice thing about juggling is like, I just keep three balls in my backpack and whenever I'm super bored or I'm feeling kind of down or I'm like, man, there's something wrong and I can't focus. You take your brain off of all the other shit. If your body hurts, you go, man, I don't really want to like do this leg workout, but I would go juggle for a little bit and you end up moving around and you warm up. You're like, you know what, man, I think I'm going to go hit that leg workout or I'm going to even do something. Maybe I won't do the whole leg workout, but I'll do something. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you start to go, it gives you an opportunity to get your mindset right. It gives you an opportunity to move. And some days when I juggle and I'm like, man, I really don't want to work out afterward. I'm like, I'm just going to go not work out. Or maybe I'll go soak in a hot tub and do a cold transition a couple of times. Right. Yeah. And that itself is active. You didn't yeah. lay in bed and go, fuck, everything hurts. You said, I'm going to go do some hot and cold. I'm going to get a sweat. I'm going to drink a bunch of water. And you're still taking steps towards recovery. I think that's where people get uh, the concept of active recovery kind of skewed. They think they have to do something, but mm -hmm. just being intentional with your recovery is the active recovery. Yeah. I mean, the nervous sense? system is very pre uh, predicated. Like it, it already knows, like when you walk into a, let's say you walk into a class and you see one instructor and that has one type of response like you're like oh i like that person they smell good and i know i'm going to be on top of them in like two minutes and then <laughs> in the fighting class not in the pilates class but um Got and it. then you have it's a different really instructor really comes up I'm, the smell thing doesn't doesn't really register oh, I'm gonna throw it out there. okay all right thanks for the correction <laughs> there's a lot no. of really bad smelling ones too so it just kind of <laughs> evens out yeah okay so, so my prejudice is over and <laughs> The, the other instructor has like a different response from your brain, even though, even if you don't realize it, they said something weird last week and that, you know, it just like ticks your brain in the other direction of positive. And I can see that. Yeah. Like yeah. your, your exercise. It's like for me, it was always, were they cool? Could they roll well? Uh, and then would I get, would I learn something or would it be a battle that I get nothing out of and I would feel like shit afterwards? Yep. And then you just know going into the role or whatever. The yep. you, you said it, feeling way. like shit afterwards. And yeah. because it changes the whole experience, it changes the neurochemicals, it changes the hormones that could, yeah. could totally. potentially, yeah. So yes, setting the intention is flipping the switch for active recovery, essentially. Yep. Yeah, that was a ringer. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, um, a good one. <laughs> and like if I had a little bit more sophistication in my operation here, I would have somebody like give me a, a, a fight bell and a backup bus sign. Beep, beep, beep. Mm. Like when the concept is too hard, we get the, the backup sign or, or signal. I would I love like that. It. I, I know. Like it. <laughs> so yeah, putting it out there, 2020. Whoop, whoop. Um, mm. That also congratulating yourself if you do a, like have that opportunity to scale back when you need to and use that as active recovery instead of banging your head against the wall when you go to the gym or class and realizing, yeah. you know, like forcing yourself to do too much, like forcing yourself yeah. not to like, to uh, take the gear down is an accomplishment as well. That is such an accomplishment around here. There's like so many type A's, like when they make up their mind to go to the gym or go, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I do. <laughs> it's uh, it's hard and you have to almost like, it is weird to give yourself that reward. So I've been looking, that's what's nice about the juggling is I can get the same, like, man, I kicked that workout that I get that reward from like, I totally nailed that pattern. I can do that at will. I can float it into another one. So like, I always give myself something to work on and there's a bunch of stuff that I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at, but I haven't mastered yet. So whenever I just want to, feel good about something. I work on those things and I like try to integrate them, get a little bit more precise, a little bit more concise. Sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's two hours. And it's like, you know, you just go, I don't want to load my joints too hard. I want to just move around and feel good. And you just do it. Um, and it keeps you active. And suddenly you realize that you're working out five, six days a week and you don't feel wrecked. Yeah. Yes. That's my method. I, that's exactly. Yeah. And Sometimes I actually break my work up and work out into two sessions. And this is lifestyle design too, right? This is my environment yeah. that I chose that I've handpicked. And that is having the gym as close as possible and making breaks in my schedule to be able to even 
make the decision to go twice in a day. And I'm busy. And it's not like yeah. I'm just, you know, going when I don't have a client. I ha I mean, right, I have exactly. to schedule my workouts, right? Yeah. Like most people. Anyways. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good pivot here. Um, did you think, did we get everything? I think, I, I think, think so. I think so. I mean, you know, there's, that's a, that's months and months of education type stuff we could go into or just, we did, I think we did a great job. Yay. Overall. <laughs> Team. Yeah. <laughs> Table four, go. Uh, Absolutely. So what, okay. So I, I wrote this question specifically because you've often, you've brought up your vision to have this, you know, uh, recovery lab, right? Oh, what would yeah. you call it? Your my just recovery your center. muscle farm. No, 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 just recovery <laughs> center. I just love it. I don't have anything catchy. Yeah, um, and <laughs> because and then the question was, how do you evaluate things before trying them out for uh, your your own them. stuff? And it's you've done other, a lot yeah. of different stuff. Yeah. Uh, half of it's what's available, um, and then I, I always look at it like infrastructure. So if I really like something, then I've got to create an infrastructure for its utilization. Um, what that means is like, okay, I like to get to the pool and I like to get to the sauna and I like to get to cold. And I try to do those a couple times, you know, at least three, four times a week, usually five or six. And it's not the one, not all of them. It's one piece, one of each piece at least, right? So I can, mm -hmm. at least I'm doing it once a week on average, sometimes twice or three times. Uh, but some of the modalities I can or cannot now. Okay. So how does that mean? Like, I'm just going to talk about the setup and then I'll kind of, I'll talk about what I, how I will integrate something new and see where it sits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think it's uh, a lot of people fear like wasting time and money. And especially when it comes to things that seem like a gimmick. Yeah. And it's just like, I think just your curious and open-mindedness and also critical way of doing, of like finding something that would work for you is the, that's the sauce that I'm looking for. Got it. It's <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, three weeks, um, I do it for three weeks, then I cut it and I see how it feels. And if I notice a downturn, um, it's like, okay, let me try it three weeks back on. And if I notice an upturn, then there has been a chemical change somewhere somehow, right? Mm -hmm. And it allows me to kind of ignore the placebo effect because I'll do it a couple times mm -hmm. and then I'll get a really good gauge. So I'll do it for a while and then I'll go three weeks on, three weeks off, then three weeks on and then maybe three weeks off or I'll do like four or five weeks on and then I'll take two weeks off, three weeks off uh, and see in that point, it's like I usually know if I like it or not because it's like, it's not like it, it essentially allows me to adapt to the usage of something. And I tend to not realize uh, whether or not my activity levels have uptick. Um, mm. I think people around me see it more than, than I do. Uh, my wife has talked about it uh, more than once, just about like how certain things get me up and certain things kind of wear me down and I don't realize it. Um, so I, I see how that feels. And then I like to check how long the effect of each you know, air quotes here dose lasts mm -hmm. so that I can go, okay, I like this dosage of hot. I like this dosage of cold. And it's as simple as this. Like if I use the sauna more than three days a week, I tend to be a little dehydrated and a little run down, even though my body might feel pretty good. So, mm -hmm. okay. I try to stick to three days a week, maybe like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or maybe like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you know, I get a couple doses. The doses last pretty well. I feel very clean, um, especially if I hit myself with cold water a couple times. If I do it once, it's not as good. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, let's say the hyperbaric chamber and the nano V, um, like, those are great. And then if I can combine them, I do. If I can't, I just use one or the other. Uh, and then how do I set those up to get the most out of them? Honestly, for me, it's more of a, do I have an hour free? Yes or no. And mm -hmm. then I just take it because it's there. And I have mm -hmm. it readily available. I'm very privileged mm -hmm. to have that at work. And I'm very grateful that it's there. Um, so, you know, I just use it when I can. Uh, and then yeah. in terms of a recovery center. Uh -huh. Oh, man. 
if I could have it. Uh huh. So I would do a dry sauna uh, and a steam room. Like I see, like, I see like a really, um, I could see like an old school one. Like I, I, you've seen up in like Minnesota and a lot, like what, what oh yeah. used to be used. That's what I want to build. Yeah. yeah. It would look like totally an outhouse. To yeah. To yep. those who didn't know, My, but it, yeah. <laughs> I have a friend of mine who, uh, his brother built one in his backyard. Yep. So I go down and I hang out with him out in Eastern Washington and we'll make it a point to do a sauna night at least mm. once during my trip. And we usually do it twice. And he's mm -hmm. just, it's just hot. It's, uh, uh, Russian brothers. And it's great. These guys are on a, like 180, 210 degrees, like 200, <laughs> 200, 180 is on average. Mm -hmm. And then they get the real hot. It was the first time I did the branch thing. Um, it's awesome. And yeah. then we do that hot, cold and learning little things about how to, uh, how to slowly cool your body and then fast cool your body. And it's really interesting. It's very like tradition based in some senses. And you'll actually, like, knowing what I know about the system, it's really cool to see how the tradition creates a big basic contractive response and a big, big dilative response and then mitigates or uh, kind of uses the, the speed at which you cool down to mm -hmm. dictate, dictate the, uh, uh, like, speed and severity or an intensity of the basic contraction and vasodilation. Yep. And it's like, how are you pumping your system? It's really mm -hmm. cool. Um, yeah. So that's a good one. And then having access to cold water or a cold plunge. I would love to have a high pressure chamber. I'm sorry. You you also said a steam. Oh my gosh, yeah. You do a steam room and you can go in there and you can clear your lungs up. You can just kind of get everything lubricated in your lungs, you know? Mm -hmm. Um and then uh and then having the ability again to go to hot and cold, uh, then maybe like a hyperbaric chamber, nano V, and then uh, like a float tank. Mm. That would be oh clutch. That'd that's be so good. That's the man spa of the future right there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to have my own personal man spa. Well, you're going to need like that, that uh, reward accomplishment thing. So that's where you're going to set up oh, your yeah. guns right afterwards. <laughs> uh, you know what? I would shoot so well for some of those long distance shots if I was that relaxed. Well, yeah. Oh my God. Um, and then like go do, go do uh, some reading your brain would be fired up. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Oh yeah. No, I'm that would excited. be, that, that does sound pretty exciting. <laughs> right. Like yeah. A really low key way. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. And the, the body being able to recalibrate and the fact that, you know, I'm 37, you're like what? 35. And yeah, I just turned 30, 35. Yep. And when like the fact that you and I can both like have this stance that we feel younger than I, you know, 10 years ago is, I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I'm uh -huh. doing pretty good for, for how many miles are on my body. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, feel I was 25, well. 10 years ago. I felt great. You did? Like, yeah. Well, it was a good year. <laughs> okay. Explain to me a little bit more about the Nano V. Uh, okay. So I've been calling it a protein resynthesis optimizer. Um, protein resynthesis. I, I don't know if like optimizer. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, so here's what I understand from what the explanation was given to me by the company, and I, you know, I haven't memorized it 100. percent So take this with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can go to like eng. 3corp.com mm -hmm. um, and that should be where you can find more info but uh, basically what it is uh, so during normal metabolic processes your body creates something called uh, exclusionary zone water um, or the fourth phase of water if you want to call it that uh, what that does is it actually finds the nature of proteins in your system I I'm unsure about the mechanism with which it finds those proteins but this is again what was shown me um, but it finds denatured proteins within the system and uh, latches onto them. When enough layers of this water or enough like overall volume of this water latch onto this protein, the state that they're in is a really specific like uh, frequency or vibration. Um, and that frequency can be used to spontaneously restructure proteins. Um, and that's one of the mechanisms that we use to recycle proteins that are not completely denatured uh, and as a part of our recovery. What so happens when proteins don't 
uh, get like, you know, what, what happens if that process doesn't happen? Uh, they get ripped apart uh, and disposed of. Okay. Um, so now your recycling facility and your uh, waste disposal plant are working at a, a higher level, right? So you're devoting energy to those processes. Like the spleen? So if you could potentially, yeah. I'm sorry? Like the spleen? Or you mean like cellular? Yeah, the, the spleen, uh, yeah, the kidneys, um, the liver, you know, okay. like all these systems are processing all these things, right? And, you know, packaging the things that need to be packaged, excreting, and then recycling appropriately. Um, and we do it automatically. Mm -hmm. So if you could introduce uh, a method to circulate this frequency throughout the system, potentially creating more of this water throughout the system, right? So the mechanism they use is that they take distilled water and they infuse it with this signal uh, within the, the lattice structure of the water, right? Because mm -hmm. water is a great energy absorption mechanism. Um, and, you know, like microscopic dro uh, droplets still have millions upon millions of cell, uh, uh, not cells, uh, uh, atoms, mm -hmm. um, molecules, sorry. Uh, and those molecules are all interacting with each other. And if you charge them or prime them with this frequency, you have a, a kind of a, a glob of this energy within an energy sink, which is the water, that when touching another component that can resonate the energy or draw the signal out would impart that, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like a tuning fork can make another tuning fork go. Mm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when it, you say it like it that, looks, I like the... Uh, totally. Yeah, I like... Because tuning forks are... They're vibrationally responding to one another. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing that with water. And because you have distilled water, which ideally is pure, uh, that resonant frequency is carried only by the water and imparted into the water in our system. So imagine like tuning yourself to a healing frequency from the inside. Um, now, again, and it sounds hokey, um, but you inhale the stuff and it's vaporized distilled water imparted with the signal, right? It hits the alveoli in your lungs. It gets, and we have a ton of water throughout our system. So imagine this like slowly propagating this resonance throughout all the cells in your body. First it hits your lungs, then it hits the bloodstream because of the proximity to it, right? The alveoli interface directly with the bloodstream in order to pick up oxygen, deposit it, and then be recirculated, right? Okay. And vice versa, they get dumped off. So now you have this exchange area. Um, this is the same reason why inhaled drugs work, like inhaled drugs, right? Um, so you have this, this mechanism that's being imparted via this exchange area, and that's now being circulated throughout the system. Now you're going to have dissipation of this vibration, which is why you sit on the machine for a, like 15 to 30 minutes at a time to give it an opportunity to circulate. And it takes about a minute to circulate blood all the way through your body. So for mm -hmm. every minute, you're saturating your system with the signal a little bit further, right? Mm -hmm. Which increases the likelihood of this. Let's say you have a free molecule or two of water that are stuck together. You can vibrate them at this frequency. And now if they encounter a denatured protein, they're going to latch onto it. Mm -hmm. Once you have enough of these layers, this denatured protein utilizes that frequency-based energy and seems to uh, spontaneously renature and now holds the shape that it was designed to do, which means that it doesn't have to be ripped apart. So your recovery rate goes up and the stress load on your system can go down. Um, mm -hmm. And this translates to about a 15% increase on average of like the speed of recovery in a bunch of different cell markers. There's a bunch of like university studies that were done on it. Um, I'm going to be honest and say I haven't read too much more. I just took the pertinent information and then I used my own body as kind of a, an anecdotal uh, experiment. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's interesting, like it inflames certain areas that weren't inflamed before, but I think that's because it's promoting, uh, it's, it's de-stressing the rest of the system so your body has a chance to heal something. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, but inflammation is the cardinal sign of healing right right so now it's like spots that didn't ache before kind of ache but what's crazy is your output skyrockets like and you can just kind of go um uh, and i've done it i ran some classes and i went from man i don't really feel that good and they said the person that was uh uh miss rowena gates she was uh she's one of the other people to work with for it and she said 
you're going to feel achy tonight, but if you mm -hmm. go, you'll be able to push much harder than you anticipate. And I exactly, I actually took a nap on the mat. I didn't really want to move. And then once I started getting my heart rate went up a little bit, my body opened up and my output was crazy that day. And I remember it because I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to get a workout today and uh, not the way I want to. And I have to leave the classes. Uh, and I used that day the first time. That was the first time I used that machine. And it was weird. Um, <laughs> It stuck in my mind and I've had it a couple times, maybe a year later I was coaching and the same kind of thing happened that it kind of stuck up on me. Um, ended up pushing a little bit too hard uh, and realizing it later, but you just kind of can go. So if you time it and then you use it in conjunction with an active recovery, you can really, really yield a lot of results with it. And it seems silly and, and like it almost wouldn't work, but man, just try it for a while. It's crazy. Uh, and that's how I okay. am. It's back by some time. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm asking for my own curiosity because I'm, you know, as you know, I'm like building out my own little recovery area yep. in my studio. Absolutely. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Nanova is it, Nanova is a good fit. And yeah, so I'm still, you know, I, I, I wouldn't like to get on one more than I have. Um, I, you know, I was like, oh, I like this healthy hookah. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was fine. Uh, the hyperbaric chamber scares me a little bit. Um, Why? Because I, it has the potential, does it have the potential to release things like viruses in the body? Like things that the body like is holding onto and then you feed it oxygen and it can release. I don't know. That's, that's my I feel fear. like it would have the opposite effect. Well, it does. I mean, it does. Like the over the oversaturation of oxygen, it like does both. That's my that was my understanding, as uh, as it pertains to Lyme's disease. That was in, okay. that was in particular what it came down to. Um, but you don't you have a lot of experience with it because it's in the facility that you work in. So I'm looking at it like. Uh you know, we don't put a mouthpiece on. Um, mm -hmm. So it just kind of diffuses into the, into the air. You're pressurizing to about uh, an atmosphere uh, worth of additional pressure. So that, um, and then you're taking that and you're super oxygenating it to about uh, like a 92% concentration rate. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, everything else is just like you're breathing air. So you're just taking in a lot more oxygen um, to do your normal metabolic processes, but you don't have to struggle to get a lot of it. Uh, and because of the fact that it's not 100% oxygen, you're not looking at oxygen toxicity. Mm -hmm. uh, so it saves you from that. Now, what does that like mean? And this mm -hmm. is my interpretation of it. Uh, you have a double whammy of nominalizing forces. And what they mean by that is you have a, a pressure gradient that's going to be met because mm -hmm. you have to normalize pressures across two sides of the membrane uh, from the inside. Uh, and, and it's a light enough pressure where you're not really doing any damage, right? Like you're, it's not a rapid change and it's the equivalent to going down 33 feet. You're not going to get the bends from coming out of that, right? Very mm -hmm. safe in that sense. Um, so you have this concentration and, and as everything uh, dissolves across the membrane, Mm -hmm. um, just if it was even 18% concentration of oxygen, that would have increased aggregate amount of concentration across the membrane due to pressure, because pressure just means more per, you mm -hmm. know, volumetric unit in, that, in this context. Um, so if you're increasing the pressure, the ambient pressure within the system, so you have more uh, molecular density, no matter how you look at it, because of the, the compression that's present, you take that and then you concentrate 92% oxygen. And now versus like the, again, the ambient about 18% that we live with. So mm -hmm. you take the double whammy of like, let's say the, and let's say the, it's the, like law of osmosis or mm -hmm. osmosis in this situation, not even a law. You have a, a trickle effect where you want to normalize concentrations across a, a gradient or a membrane. Mm -hmm. So you have a pressure gradient and then an osmolaric or osmotic balance difference that makes you uptake of basically, excuse my French, but uptake a fuckload of oxygen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're getting enough like you're sprinting. Like imagine go, being in a dead sprint. Mm -hmm. How much energy does your body require and how much do you, do you have to intake? 
Like what's mm-hmm. your oxygen debt after that? Yeah. Give yourself I mean, all of that available O2 and mm-hmm. you're at rest. So now your body has more that it could use. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how that cam comes full circle. Um, okay. Just to wrap this up, we went to some of the really fun, expensive toys. Uh, what yeah. about hot and cold? Dude, just do a sauna, then a cold shower and like, and do it two or three times in a row and on cold. You'll feel yeah. great. Uh, oh yeah, I know. Sweat. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's well, it. I do it at the gym. Simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what do you recommend for your younger athletes? Like under how, what do you, you work with 16 and 17 year olds, right? And older uh, athletes? Not as much as I used to, okay. but uh, I work with a lot of older athletes right now. Uh, okay. With 16 and 17 year olds, I usually did uh, skill-based work versus workouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little oh, different. Man. Uh, yeah. 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 That can be, that can be stressful on some patterns that get overused. I would imagine uh-huh. like if you're talking about yeah. tennis, you know, you're talking about like that ready position where you're kind of flexed at the spine and the hip um, with soccer, like skill-based stuff could be totally stressing uh, oh, an yeah. athlete out, it's you know? Load. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Um, okay. But at the end of the day, like the hot and cold is, pretty fucking amazing <laughs> um and honestly like it's the cheapest and the easiest of like yeah. in terms of bang for your buck i know you get the most out of it yeah and the yeah and like the salts and the the bath i think a good a good bath float can be pretty impact they have a big impact yeah. too um especially that whole like magnesium absorption thing i think that's one of the biggest components <laughs> yeah. of the epsom salt oh you just kind of oh, pull yeah. It all in. yeah no i'm a big I'm a magnesium pusher. I'm a I'm a dealer. Cheers. For sure. I like it. <laughs> um, okay. I think that was like so so much fire. I loved it. That is sweet. Please go to the iTunes store to subscribe and let other people know you are learning from this podcast with a review. You can find out more about my daily practices and tips on Instagram and Facebook at impact underscore your underscore fitness and